fucking luck. Hello, this is chapter six of Romantic Underpinnings. If you've been following along, it's Andrew's turn to read the chapter. Ergo, I'm Ashton, and that's Andrew. Yes, I'm Andrew, and if you're following along even more closely, you'll know that it's chapter seven of Romantic God Underpinnings. Okay, guys, it's been a really long week. I don't know what to tell you. It is actually chapter seven, which I should know because I wrote it. So. Yes, and you wrote it because this is the podcast where you and I alternate chapters in a historical romance novel that we're creating with you writing from the perspective of the hero and me writing from the perspective of the heroine. So, uh, the time has come to read chapter 7. I'm sure all our devoted fans know what is going on in our tale of nautical intrigue and strange attraction. Um, Shall I jump into it? Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. Are you waiting for me to, like, wave a checkered flag? Oh, that's the end. What's the beginning flag? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought you'd shoot a gun. NASCAR? I don't know how races work. Well, I, the, yeah, the ones I care about are the ones where you... Oh, I forgot my starter pistol yeah, in my exactly. other car. All right. Well, I'm going to start anyway and um, just jump into Chapter 7 and see what is going on with Anthony and who has just started his uh, intriguing voyage of intrigue. Let's explore language, romance, and resilience. And welcome to Romantic Underpinnings. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, he's finding his crewmates. Oh, that's right, that's right. Because I... You, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing chrono chronology stuff because... I mean, sort of, I don't know. I left a big, <laughs> yeah, time gap where the hero was supposed to do something in he's my like last chapter. He's like flouncing around. All right, that's right. So even though at the end of the last chapter, I mean, I hope we at least start the voyage so you catch up to the end of the last chapter, but we'll see. You'll have to see. All right, we'll fix it in post. But <laughs> not the podcast. That's beyond repair. I mean, no. I'm talking about... This is all going in. No, no, I no. but I was talking about fixing the novel in post and then You're implying it. that it needs to be fixed. You haven't even read the chapter yet. I'm saying there's many a slip twixt the <laughs> podcast and Twix. us selling it in an airport. Um, <laughs> anyway, chapter <clears throat> seven. You mean six. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's chapter seven. The stun. <laughs> All right. Next time I make it three words. Next time after that, four. <laughs> the sun starts peeking through the tiny opening that passed for the, that passed for as a window in tiny, in Anthony's tiny attic room at daybreak. Anthony groaned aloud and rolled over. He'd slept restlessly that night after his late night adventures late with night. Jack. His late night adventures with Jack, Peter, and Stella. For some reason, the boy's eyes had followed him up the stairs. Oh, boy's eyes. Uh, I like where the apostrophe placement indicates that it was plural boys. You know what? He has plural eyes. <laughs> 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 I feel like that's taken care of by pluralizing the word eyes. You know what? I only made it three, four words into this chapter before misspelling something, so I'm not sure my grammar is going. I even read through it once. So I wasn't going to mention peeking gate. Whoa. Um, anyway, the boy's eyes had followed him up the stairs and into his dreams like a specter. They wouldn't let him be. 
After a few more minutes of desperately wishing that he had at minimum four more hours of sleep, he swung his legs over the side of the small cot and reached for his crumpled shirt. He needed a shave and a wash, and his to-do list for the day kept expanding every time he moved his mind toward the voyage ahead. He pulled on his breeches and stuffed his feet into his boots, balancing his small hand mirror against a stack of books. He readied himself to shave and found that his hand was shaking. He replaced the razor back on the table and took a steadying breath, shaking his head at his own folly. Writing himself, he retrieved the razor and began again, this time successfully ridding his cheeks of the scruff that had accumulated over the past few days. His checks. <laughs> his checks? I misspelled cheeks. You read it oh. right. <laughs> oh, successfully ridding his checks. Oh, nice. Also, I fell down a very weird wormhole about when shaving happened. Like, because I was like, what did they use in 1790? And I had to, like, Google. If somebody looks at my Google history for this chapter, it was like, when did shaving start happening? It is a weird thing to go down. Well, I hope you accommodated uh, 1690, which is when it actually takes place. You know what I meant, but okay. yes, I did Google the right thing. <laughs> but, like, still, it was like, oh, yeah, they, it was weird. Did they use, like, a goose fat as shaving cream or no, something? No, they just didn't use any. It just, just there was no such thing as shaving soap. That was later. Wow. It just used water and a straight razor. Ow. And then King Gillette, apparently, it, like, helped produce the, like, Gillette razor situation, but that didn't happen until much, much later. Wait, King Gillette? I think it was a real person. Whose first name was King? No. Or was he a regent He was sort? a real king. Of? I don't know. I didn't get that far because by this time I had wasted like, well, not wasted, but I had spent like 20 minutes trying to figure out when shaving happened. All right. We're, <laughs> we're going to return to King Gillette in the next episode. We might have to have a weekly King Gillette corner um, because we can't just let something like that slide. Okay. Uh, anyway, he thought to him, oh, God, this is annoying. He thought to himself. I think you skipped a sentence or two. No, I, we were talking about how he rid his checks of the scruffs, the, the scruff that had <laughs> accumulated right, over right. the past Dang. few days. Okay, I'm really off my game. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, God, this is annoying, period, <laughs> space, he thought to himself and realized that his hair was also too long. He took the razor to his hair last, lopping off several inches the unruly mess. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> like... I don't know. I have a lot of typos too. I just want. I just want some of whatever you were on when you read this over again. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I thought I was being so focused. <laughs> anyway, sometimes you have to push a lot of crap to find the gold or whatever. That that is exactly the same. Um, <laughs> it's not even close. He needed to be able to tie it back, but it had been reaching his collarbone. Feeling a bit lighter, he rinsed the remnants of soap he had used and dried his face on the towel left for that purpose. He had time to bolt some breakfast and some coffee, hopefully recruit one or two of his men, and then go meet Peter at the docks for his interview. He tramped down the stairs and entered the dining room. He sat quickly and had a steaming mug of coffee in front of him within two minutes of sitting. This, the special this morning, okay for ya, hun? The buxom waitress said. She was a new girl, one Anthony hadn't seen before. He nodded in absent-minded assent. Meanwhile, he brought the mug up to his nose and inhaled deeply. 
One of the things he'd always appreciated about Stella's was the pride she took in all aspects of her business, including the food. The coffee was well-sourced and well-made, rich enough to be... Invigo... Invirgoating. Okay, that's not my fault. That's Spellcheck's fault. Invigorating. I checked it like six times. Anyway. Invert... Invirgoating. Invirgoating. (laughs) Anyway. But not overly strong. He took his first sip, enjoying the hot liquid pooly in the back of his... (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, Pooling. I like... I mean, sometimes I like to drink a little pooly of tea in the morning. I understand. (laughs) Um, Goo, I really thought... Anyway, keep going. Enjoying the hot liquid pooling in the back of his mouth and traveling down the back of his throat. He sighed. He sat thinking again about the myriad of tasks he has to accomplish today until his food arrives. You... He had to. Well, yeah, you just, like... Listen, in the middle section here, I got very uh, turned around on my tenses, so I will be surprised if the whole rest of this chapter doesn't have some really weird tense whopping. Because then I just got more and more confused. Well, yeah, I mean, tense agreement is overrated. I've always thought tenses should be, you know, a team of rivals. Okay, well, but in this, fine. But in this case, it should be had to. Okay, well, well, we'll see. I mean, changing tense mid-sentence is pretty ballsy, but right. I, we'll, we'll see how you pull it off. Listen, I, mean, I seriously got so bogged down and I was like, you know what? I don't even care. Fuck it. This is what it's going to be. I'll fix it later. All right. Um, so yes, so all you dear listeners, you can enjoy this sneak preview before the extremely (laughs) polished, uh, final product that you are going to buy at Hudson News. It's Um, really good. Most of you aren't like actually reading along because it would be terrible. They'd be like, this is the worst thing ever. Oh man. (laughs) That would be a hilarious leak. (laughs) Like if the media got hands in like our Google Drive folder. Oh my Um, God. Anyway. Not that anyone would really care, but yes. Um. Oh, by, by the time this episode airs... We'll be famous. I, I know. There's going to be paparazzi. That's why we're recording so many in advance before I bother to edit them. I um, mean, <laughs> do you want to go down that hole? N- no. Okay. Uh, you're better totally. at tense agreement than I am at editing. Um, <laughs> it's sat on the table in front of him, and he unthinkingly picks up his cutlery and brings the food to his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I got so mixed up in this part. And I was All like, right. I can't. I don't know. Okay, well, it looks like, I mean, sneak mm. preview, the next sentence totally <laughs> is internally consistent. Um, I mean... It's, it's filling, but he's not concentrating enough on it to get more than that satisfaction out of it. The coffee was the only true necessity this morning. He finishes, wipes his fingers and mouth, nods to the waitress... And pushes himself away from the table and strides out the back door and onto the street. That's... Back door? I don't know how I got that. <laughs> now you're just like thinking everything I'm doing is crap and adding in your own words? No, I... He just was seeming furtive, all right? No, he's just in a hurry because he's busy. He pushes himself away from the table and strides out the door and onto the street that's just waking up. On the way down the streets... Toward, toward the dock, he all but trips over Jack. What? Why, ouch! Jack grumbles from Anthony's feet. Jack looks up from the puddle he's laying in. His face is bruised, he's wet, and he seems to have gotten sick on himself. Nevertheless, 
He grins up at Anthony as though he's just give him a piece of candy. Given. Okay. <laughs> we'll make sure to change that. Anthony can't help but to smile back into the big man's face. Oh, it's just the man I was looking for, Jack shouts from his reclined position, as though he had been searching for Anthony all night and had expected to find him in the gutter where Jack had been passed out. Still smiling, Anthony holds his hand down to the jovial man and helps him to his feet. The smile almost immediately evaporates into a grimace as the full stench of Jack hits Anthony's nose. He takes a half step back at the onslaught. Jack, not noticing, continues talking. Thanks, er, for getting me out of a spot of trouble last night. The memory's a bit patched, but I didn't really hurt anyone, did I? Jack asked. No, but you'd really better watch your drinking. You owe Stella a pretty penny for her furniture, and I doubt whether she'll be letting you back in there anytime soon. You'd better go pay and apologize, Anthony said. Ah, shucks. Jack runs his hand over his bruised face. I mean, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> now go ahead. No, this is this is very. Um, I don't know what happened, and I like knew it was a problem, and I tried to fix it, and then it just got worse. And I was like, "Well, it's like when I'm trying to cut few in, uh, three inches off my hair with a straight razor, and I just do too much on one side, and then I do too much sort, on the other side." It was side. sort of exactly like that, and then I was like, "Whatever, I I have no excuse." All right, this is this is like. <laughs> This is like the third world war of tense disagreements. I love it. Um, it's really bad. <laughs> no, I'm into it. Uh, no, I think I think you might be going somewhere with it. No, this. I'm really not. I just no. couldn't make it happen in my brain. No, your innate artistic sense took over. So even though it doesn't adhere to the, you know, standards of like what is, you know, colonially described as proper English, um, I think you're getting at much deeper truths. Oh, okay. Sure. Ah. <laughs> ah, uh, uh, shucks. Jack runs his hand over his bruised face, wincing when his hand hits the purpling mass. He seems to realize what state he's in. I, of course. Better go have a wash-up first, he said, gamely. He's about to stride down away down the street when Anthony calls out to him. In need of a quick bite of work, he asks the large man. Jack half turns, nods, and asks when they leave, not bothering with the length of the trip or his wages. He knows Anthony will pay him well, and he doesn't much care how long the trip will be. Tomorrow with the tide, if possible, if not the day after, Anthony responds. Jack nods again waves and strides off down the street to a bath and a change of clothes. Anthony nods to himself in satisfaction. One down, four to go. Hopefully, Peter would work out, and then he'd only need to pick up three. Jack was a general crew member, but a necessity simply because of his size. He could be counted on in a fight, and that was why he always got paid well. He bound his honor to whoever was doling out the coins and wasn't done until the job was done. Anthony still needed a reliable first mate, a navigator, and a general crew member, hopefully one with some stealing experience. He had men in mind for each position, and he'd hoped to be able to snag them and that they would be available this last minute. He only had an hour to get to the dock, but he needed the crew as complete as possible to help him make a decision about Peter. On his way, he stopped at a sailor's house that he had been on friendly terms with and had worked well with in the past. 
He knocked on Joseph's door. A woman answered. Is Joe here, by chance? Anthony asked the woman. She shook her head. He headed out last week, and I don't expect him back for a fur night, she said. She struggled through each word, as though her tongue were too big for her mouth. Ooh, I'm gonna... That's a good hint for a subsequent. I already uh, tried to do the the skipped letters and stuff. Um, Is that okay? You no, know, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, what, what? What? I feel a little nervous. No, I get to talk like my tongue's too big for my mouth. Oh, I see. I could actually like put my, like stick my tongue out and have you hit it with a hammer and have. Do you want to do that quick? I I feel like it would add some um verisimilitude. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, well, you go get the hammer then. Uh, well, we'll do that in the second take. I see. Um, as though we do more than one take. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we have to we have to actually record each episode ten times and then just splice together the best parts of each. Uh, to make a coherent That's how hole. you're listening to this gold, dear listeners. Yep. Uh, you know, you gotta break a few eggs. Um, I'm actually gonna just go back and not do the accent. Thanks, then. He nodded at her, and she made to close the door. She paused halfway through, as though considering. His brother, Charlie, is here, though. He's a bit younger, but has plenty of experience, she said quickly. Mind fetching him for me? Anthony asked. She nodded again and then yelled Charlie's name at brain-cracking volume. A young man appeared behind her. She stepped back and turned back into the guts of the house. Charlie stood. Anthony held out his hand. I'm Anthony. I'm trying to get a small crew together for a short turn to Paris and back. I was looking for your brother. I've worked with him as a first mate. Is that something you'd be able to do? Anthony asked, after looking the young man up and down. He looked remarkably similar to Joe, and if he had half of his brother's talents, he'd be a welcome addition. Aye, he apprenticed for the same man. I have two years less experience, but I'm fit enough, he said. That was good enough for Anthony. I'll pay you in gold, thirty shillings for the week, he said in response. When do we leave? Charlie asked. Tomorrow, if possible. If not, the next day, Anthony said. Charlie nodded and closed the door. Anthony continued to the dock. As he got closer to his ship, he sharpened his gaze. If the man he was looking for was anywhere, he'd be close by to the dock. The time was edging closer and closer to eight, and Anthony needed a good navigator. It wasn't a long journey, but there was a certain amount of finesse that he needed for this mission. Dipper was the name he was looking for. He finally spotted him, raised his eyes heavenward to thank his good luck, and started toward the grizzled man that was sat on an old barrel at the far end of the dock. A quite eccentric man, there was no one better than he at reading the stars. He'd made a life helping wayward crews find their way. He had amassed a small fortune, but barely spent any of it, choosing to spend his time watching the stars and waiting to be called on. As Anthony approached, he looked up and said, no preamble, when do we leave? The glint in his watery blue eyes was hard and the smile on his lips didn't reach up that high. Tomorrow, Anthony said, used to his strange friend. Dipper nodded, and Anthony made to turn around, but stopped when Dipper spoke again. Till be a strange one, mark me, he said. Till be a strange one? What like, it yeah. will be, but I did. it's not spelled right. Twill, like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, you just gotta, just gotta get that. 
W in there. I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna only tell you where to put a W in there, but you want a W. Oh, in your I'll twill. put a Dumbledore W somewhere. <laughs> fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's extremely fair. I will say the after I got into it, the um the really more regrettable screaming uh, grammar problems stopped. <laughs> All right. You didn't notice. No, I. I mean, I feel like it's a lot more readable. The last, I don't know, thirty paragraphs. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sailing right along. I'm actually more thinking about the content. Like, I, in in an earlier chapter, it was mentioned that we needed an explosive explosives expert. No, I think we were just talking about that. No, I swear, because I went and read some earlier stuff before writing the last chapter to oh, figure man. out what the crew was. So we so well. Well, that's fine. I'll just add on to this. We one. need to retrofit an explosives expert into this because well, but like one of these men also could just be one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You can just make it so that this guy or that guy is really good at explosions. But you know, I do want to be the Michael Bay of seventeenth century <laughs> historical like, romance. Make a Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, no, okay. I, I think that I think we need more explosions. Actually, one of my favorite romance novels had a lot of explosions. It was that first one in the Spindle Cove series. Sexy time explosions. Uh, those two. <laughs> no, I'm talking. Like, I can't believe I'm I forgot kidding. the name of that Tessa Dare novel. Do you remember it? Um, I know which one you're speaking of, but no. Yeah, it's um, Colin. Be- well, it begins guy. with an explosion. Yeah, there's some more, though. There's Right. right. Oh, I don't want to spoil it. Well, well they're practicing. Yeah. I mean, that's not much of a spoiler. All right, I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to drop in from the future the name of the book, so I'm going to be silent uh, okay. for a second. Damn it, Andrew. The book is called A Night to Surrender. That's right. That was such a good book. Oh. Um, <laughs> and right. we're back. Yes. Uh, continuing along, um, thank you for listening to that commercial for... I feel like we should be sponsored by Dollar Shave Club, actually, of all the podcasts. <laughs> this is brought to you by Harry's. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, twill be a strange one. Mark me, he said, his voice slightly more strangled than it normally was. Only slightly more. So he normally has a strangled voice. Yeah, like like a sm- like a raspy, you know, like his throat's too small for it his. Will be a strange one. Yeah, sort of. Mark like me. Like a long-term smoker. Um, I I don't think I can do that very well, so I'm just gonna talk normally again. Okay, I mean he's done talking anyway, so it's fine. Oh, <laughs> I'm spoiling it for me. I mean, in this chapter. Having no response to that, Anthony continued back to his ship, where he hoped Peter was on time. The young lad was. Anthony sighed. He put him through the paces, wincing every time he made a mistake. It was painful. It was clear that the lad had no real idea what he was doing. Anthony could hear the other sailors milling around the dock, making jokes and laughing at his dismal charge. But the boy didn't complain once, not even when the palms of his hands were rubbed raw. He could sense a vague desperation coming off of him in waves. It was clear that the boy had never worked a ship, as he had claimed, although he mostly knew where everything was and its purpose. Anthony was running low on time. When the boy told him that he could cook, Anthony was decided. He gave him some money. Money. Many. Many monies. Good. That's the right (laughs) amount. And sent him off to the market still after informing him that he was hired. Anthony still had much to do to supply the ship, and he still had one crew member to locate. 
The last member was perhaps the most important, more important than the first mate. Oh, sorry, that's well, editorializing. Well, not for like the voyage, but for the mission. Uh, so, oh, yes. the, the, oh, you, oh, that's right. We need the thief. We need yeah. the, uh, the, um, trying to vagabond. Yeah, well, no, brigand. I, I was trying to think of like, like a good thief character, but um, the first one I thought of was uh, Arsène Lupin, which is not a very current cultural reference. All I can think of fingers is from a Tamora Pierce book, which is also super dated. Okay. As in a nickname for light fingers. Ah, fingers. All right. Well, I hope this person is named Fingers, or maybe Digits, if we want to update it. No. Okay. That would be too easy. I mean, fine. <laughs> okay, I'll let you be sophisticated. Then. Oh, okay. Keep going. <laughs> the last member was perhaps the most important, and he couldn't accept a stand-in for the man he was he meant to hire. He had to find Lobo before nightfall. See? Ooh. Sophisticated. Good one. <laughs> Otherwise, the whole mission would have to be rethought. He left the dock and walked purposefully to the worst part of London. He gamely left his coin purse up to the... Uh, sorry. Seriously? It's I not know you. it was bad, but come no, on. No, I always yawn a lot when yawn reading out worthy? loud. No, you don't. Oh, I, oh my God. I I've listened to do. you read aloud so many times. No, I usually get pretty good at concealing it, but now we have this whole thing where we're facing each other while recording. I so should... that makes you more, even more yawny? No, it means you notice it. I'm so good. Like, I can yawn and read, and it barely fucks up my rhythm. Um, most of the time. But that was a bad one. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm enraptured by this, especially now that a character named Lobo is involved. You throw well, a Lobo thought, in there. I thought and... Dipper was good, too, because, like, he reads the stars, the Big Dipper. You know, I thought it was a cool name, but I had not actually put that together. <laughs> Come on, I seriously put some thought into this. Oh my god. No, I mean, this... Charlie's just a cop-out, because Charlie, and also Jack. But, you know, there had to be some normal names. Well, yeah. I mean, once Anthony finds out that one of his crew crew members is named Agatha Van Horn, it's mm. going to be the greatest crew names ever. Anyway, he gamely left his coin purse strapped to the outside of his belt and filled it with all the small coins he had. He was asking to be robbed, but that was his goal at the moment. Only one man on this street would be willing to mess with Anthony, with his dagger strapped to his waist and his money dangling on display. Most thieves would rightly assess that he was not a man to be burgled. He strode confidently down the street and stopped in a doorway. He simply stood then and waited. Anthony had only worked with Lobo once on a mission with Henry. Henry had warned about using such men on a crew. They will turn on you in a minute, to whoever has the most gold, he'd said. This mission necessitated someone of Lobo's skills on this case. Anthony had the and key. And in this case. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, that was completely me not being able to read. I forgot. This mission necessitated someone of Lobo's skills, and in this case, Anthony had the king in his pocket. He had the most gold backing him of anyone in England at the moment. Mid-morning turned toward afternoon, and Anthony's stomach started complaining about the lack of lunch. Soon... His bladder also required relieving, but still he stood, waiting. Around one o'clock, he looked down at his coin purse to notice that it had been stolen. Satisfied, Anthony walked back down to Stella's, knowing that he would see Lobo in the morning. Oh my. What? Do I have to figure out how 
how Lobo and Anthony hook up? Because I have no idea. How if that... you want to, but you don't have to. It might come out. Why is it going to bother you? No, no, I, I don't mind. I'll leave it up to you, but... Um, oh, I know already. Well, yeah, I figured. I don't want to step on you, but also, like... Oh, do you want to guess? Oh! Well, before I forget to mention it, I'm just going to say it's going to be really interesting because I'm going to be, like, way ahead at this point if I start the next chapter from where my last chapter left off. Where did you leave off? They'd already left and were sailing down the Thames into the That's open ocean. That's not that far. It's just the next morning. He's going to, like, go do the rest of his errands. That's mm -hmm. boring. All right. So, okay. So, I'll just do... But now it's great because whoever... I, I might need, I might need, like, a quick little description of Lobo. Because <laughs> Lo, I feel like Lobo is going to be, like, causing some trouble. And I have to write about life on this ship with, uh, with Agatha. Well, slash... you can do it. I'm... I'm not, like, married to any one idea of how he looks or acts or whatever. He's very sneaky. All right. But aside from that, like... I can't wait. Okay, I so... mean, I gave you some stuff to work with. Yeah, no. He's I... not very trustworthy. I mean, he's basically just a thief for hire. I'm ready. And now I have to guess what about the coin purse that Lobo stole is going to lead him to Stella's. And I am going to say that um one of the coins in the coin purse has a has a qr code embossed onto it <laughs> yes that's it how and did you know yeah when lobo scans the qr code um it opens up google maps to the address of stella's body house yeah thank you that's it all right i can't wait to see you write that um I feel like that could work with uh, 17th century technology, but it would the, the device used to read the QR code would be very, very large and slow um, and involve a water wheel, probably. Um, so this is going to be amazing. I would love doing research for this and how it would work. Um, but nonetheless, we'll see. Uh, yeah, printed semiconductors hadn't, hadn't been invented or nothing, but it's all right. Um, Okay, I totally distracted myself, but I think I think we're done. I think we're ready for me to write the next chapter now that I know who the crew is, because I definitely had to um, duck and weave a little last week writing the crew as sort of like cardboard cutouts. Well, and I couldn't really remember like if they were all there watching her. Cause yeah, in they my were. version, yeah, but that doesn't make sense because they wouldn't like we they couldn't be there watching her because he hadn't assembled his crew yet. Uh, I think the chapter before the last one I wrote, you actually had mentioned that Anthony had assembled most of his crew. Mm. I don't know if you went and reread that chapter. No, I didn't. Of course not. This okay. is what happens when it goes so long between chapters is that I forget what I wrote. Yeah, I mean, you really shouldn't have your Google Docs set to, like, incinerate documents. That's what they do. Okay. I don't look back. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. There's plenty more to fix in post, because, yeah, there was a reason I wrote that. It's because I had I actually read back, so. like, three chapters before so. writing mine. I think you're wrong. All right. Tune in <laughs> to episode eight I'm of kidding. Romantic Underpants. Of course you're right. But I don't think I, like, named them or anything. No, no, no. You just mentioned that they exist. So maybe this chapter just goes before that chapter. We'll figure it out. We're, we're going to do some some good time hopping <laughs> stuff. Um, I, I really think that, you know, our, our narrative, especially with the with some of the verb tense stuff that you introduced, Oof. like 
No, our, our narrative really, like, you know, questions the fundamentals of <laughs> human perception. Yes, that's absolutely what you want a romance novel to do. I mean, a little bit, just, just for seasoning. I don't think, good. like, you're trying to make them time hop or whatever. I, I mean, Outlander was extremely successful. Okay, but they didn't, like, time hop chapter to chapter, really. I mean, she, like, goes back in time and stays back in time. Yeah, but we're just doing in the um we're we're doing for form what Outlander did for content. I would love if someone actually compared our book to Outlander at some point, like for real. That would be so flattering. I haven't read those but Seriously? I would be extremely flattered if uh if the TV series adaptation had a guy as good looking as the Outlander dude. I know. Well, and the female actress, whom, of course, I can't remember anyone's names because I'm terrible at that, is also very good. All right. So um, if you're listening, HBO, um, <laughs> let that be a lesson to you. We will accept nothing less than Outlander Claire quality Claire and actors. James Frazier, who are their, yeah. of course, character names. <laughs> I don't think Outlander is actually, I think that was like some other thing that wasn't HBO now that I think of it. No, it's Stars. Stars. Oh. Of course I know. Come on. I've seen them all as they, as I, as I can get them from the library. All right. Because um, who has Stars? I, I mean, I, I've gotten a free sample of the app before and then forgot to cancel it. So I've had, I've like wow, paid for a month of Stars. never do that. Anyway. <laughs> Didn't watch enough Outlander, nor have I read the books. I need to figure out the prose style and how she handles the time hopping, but I think we're better at it. Well, get ready to read like 900 pages, because that's how long they are. I mean, is there like 300 pages of fucking in that 900 pages? I would think, I mean, there's quite a bit, yeah. I don't know about one third, but it's a substantial amount. All right. Um, So, everyone... um, Follow us on social media, read the Outlander books, watch the <laughs> Outlander TV series. This episode is brought to you by Outlander. <laughs> and Harry's Razor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, follow us um, on Twitter at Romantic Underpinnings and instead of the same name. And visit our website, romanticunderpinnings.com. Party on. Party on. We'll talk to you next time. I think our official sign-off has to be party on. Wait, what is that from Ted and whatever's excellent adventure? I mean, pretty much. Or I is think... it stay excellent to each other, which I actually love a lot more? I well, no, they had both. They, they were just veritable fonts of catchphrases, those two. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, God, now I really want to drop in their little, like, air guitar sound effect. I think that's illegal. I'm going to find out. <laughs> I'm going to do and it. And I bet it's copyrighted. I can I can do a cover of it with my uh, keyboard. Just... Oh, well, that'll work. All right. So that's, that's actually good. Um, <laughs> we yeah. do need like a good we out phrase. Oh, yeah. Well, if it might be, we'll, we'll check the entire filmography of Keanu Reeves. Oh, and no, see. we will not. No, you well, can do that as a solo project. No, I think we should end every episode with I am an FBI agent. How about Bodhisattva? <laughs> I don't think he ever even uses Bodhisattva. I don't think names. he does ever, but that's, you know, just a great beer. Oh so. my God. No, we're going <laughs> to, oh, fair enough. No, we're going to end each episode with I know Kung Fu. No, we are not. All right. Well, <laughs> 
tune in again next week. I think for right now, bye is okay. Bye. Oh, you want me to say bye? <laughs> bye.